Hello and welcome to season six of the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who we are. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we're rising, but we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. Here, we remember our sovereignty together through stories, tools, curiosity, and community. In doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Visit sarahpoet.com today to join the Sacred Remembering Women's community. I also have many resources for you on your journey to reunite feminine and masculine, including private alchemical space holding for both individuals and couples. Schedule a consultation today at sarahpoet.com, and I look forward to hearing from you. Now, let's begin. Hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome to episode 133. I'm Sarah Poet, and I'm so glad you're here. I want to thank my guest, Natalie Rose Martin, for coming on today. And I want to thank you all for being here and listening to this episode and all of the episodes here on the Sacred Remembering Podcast. There are some really powerful things happening here on this podcast. I don't know if you've been catching it. If this is your very first episode, welcome. And, um, this, this whole ride of, you know, multiple years of doing this podcast has been amazing, but what has been coming in this sixth season has been on fire y'all it is on fire. So be sure to check out the recent episodes that we did that were actually group and round table episodes. We did one on, um, sovereignty after religion and regaining the energetic sovereignty as a woman after leaving religion, which is a very, very important and powerful topic. And we also just did a sovereign womb round table, um, at the beginning of September. And I just released that as a podcast as well, that both of those episodes are very long, but they are full energetic transmissions. So please be sure to check that out. And also be sure to stay tuned in. I have some announcements going on and I am going to wait until the next episode next week to really tell you about some changes that are happening. Um, but you can check in next week and also always, you know, be in contact at sarahpoet.com and be on my newsletter list for the updates and the happenings. And I welcome that connection because a lot happens over there as well. So I am really pleased to have Natalie Rose Martin on the podcast today. We both live in Asheville, North Carolina. She's very community oriented and is just starting, um, uh, an operation <laughs> I'll, I'll call it. That's my word, not hers, um, called village medicine. And it is a PMA and we will get into what that is and why she's going with this, um, you know, somewhat alternative structure for this business. Um, we'll get into that more in the episode, but it all has to do with sovereignty, um, health, sovereignty, energetic sovereignty. And, uh, yeah, Natalie is definitely walking this walk, walking the talk. So, um, I think that is all for my intro today. We'll keep it short. Thank you for being here. This is a very very important topic, our health sovereignty. We haven't gotten into health sovereignty so much on this podcast. So I'm super appreciative of Natalie for bringing this, um, here to us today. I do also want to say that I had a recent session with Natalie. Um, she has given me some advice on homeopathics, which I totally recommend. We're going to get into that um, in the episode. I am enjoying the latest addition to my homeopathic. Um, <laughs> my, I'm really in an introduction to homeopathics right now, but the one that we talk about on the podcast that um, I was just recently going to add, I'm about four days into using that and it's incredible. So I'm super grateful that Natalie had 
recommended that to me and mentioned that to me, but I also had a session with Natalie where she was holding space for some clearing, some energy work that, um, that I really, you know, needed and it was incredibly supportive. So I am, I'm just getting to know Natalie, but I am loving everything I am getting to know. So, um, I recommend that you, that you listen and that you check out what she's got going on. Thanks Natalie for your community service and for being you. Hey Natalie, welcome to the sacred remembering podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being here. I'm looking forward to a conversation on the village medicine woman and sovereignty. And I think there's no one better to to talk to about this than you. So thank you for being here. We're both in Asheville, North Carolina and Natalie in, in my just um, opinion at, well, obviously you're very plugged in to the local community and it's something that I really admire and um, feel myself, you know, wanting more of craving more of like the local community, um, being so connected to the land here, but like the people community is something that, um, I, I desire to grow and you are just so, so in it. And so, um, you know, really, well, we'll talk about the revillaging today, what you're bringing back the village and you're so instrumental in that. So, um, so it's such a pleasure to have you here in this conversation. It's good to be here. I want to read your bio for everyone. Natalie Rose Martin is on a lifelong journey of becoming a medicine woman. She has studied and integrated many modalities and knows that healing ultimately arises within each individual in connection with source. For many years, her focus was on women's sexual health and womb clearing. Over time, Natalie has expanded her scope to include all genders, all areas of wellness, and recently the modality of homeopathy. She has a particular affinity for supporting the psycho-spiritual realms and inner and outer sovereignty, moving us toward the collective potential of sovereign unity. Natalie, I love that. And that's where I'd love to start because on this podcast, we've talked a lot about union you know, as a topic. And we've talked a lot about sovereignty as a topic. And I would love to hear you talk about sovereign unity and what that means to you. Okay. Thanks. Um, That phrase came forward for me a few years ago and it was like illustrating this potential that I was tapping into in my relationships and in the field where when each individual who's participating in a relationship, and it could be um, a pairing, like a one-on-one relationship or in a family or um, in a spiritual community is where I was like starting to feel into it. And in, you know, larger community groups, when each individual has become sovereign enough within themselves that the this like synchronicity just arises and spontaneous creation is born. Mm. So the, the process of like becoming sovereign is I'm, I'm sure you, you know, talk about this a lot, but it includes like metabolizing shadow um, of, you know, the self and the shadow that arises in the friction between people when they're relating and um, really just like learning how to manage one's own energy, understanding the things that trigger us and um, how to navigate, you know, how to bring ourselves back into center. So when, when each individual has kind of reached a critical mass point of that type of integration and we're all like basically owning our shit, then this like spark comes alive in the field and synchronicity blossoms. Mm. So that's what I mean when I am talking about sovereign unity, where, you know, that sovereignty is like, can be considered like a solo path, but there's this point where it's like, okay, well, so I can, I can only do so much over here for so long before, like, then I'm interacting with people and 
we need to like do some stuff in the world. And what does that look like? So the, the union, the unity that is available in those moments when that like synchronistic spark has sparked and the spontaneous action arises like in harmony, that's the union part. Yeah. I love the word harmony and um, I've been playing with the word community, you know, when in some of my writings and things like that, and it's like common unity, you know, Mm. we're, we're um, sovereign in the same place. And Mm. so I really, I admire how you just described that and, and the synchronicities that happen. Cause I think that so many times, and I've totally done this myself a lot, like when there's something to heal from, and that's true for all of us. And when we have to, you know, do that, that shadow integration work and, and all of that work to become sovereign, there can be a, like a defensiveness that arises. And um, it's like, I don't, I don't want anyone else to, you know, take anything else from me or like, I, I want to make sure that I'm strong. And so, you know, rebuilding that trust in community and, like going back out, you know, <laughs> to, and I'm, I'm totally speaking uh, from personal experience right here. Cause it's like, you go in and do this personal work, you know, for a while, like that's, that's been my path. It's like sovereignty has been the focus and energetic sovereignty has been the focus, you know, even like clearing, clearing lineage, like really big, deep, you know, clearings and things that had to happen. Um, because these were the things that would come back up in relationships and they, you know, we get to like, I'm, I'm talking about partnerships and like the dyads, but also in communities, I think it's like, it is those places where we are not integrated or healed or sovereign and, um, you know, our shit gets in the way. Like you said, we got to clear up our shit. And so our shit gets in the way and then it interrupts like the potential bond, the potential connection or the potential of the community. So what's one way that we can um, get through that, you know, as we're all these imperfect humans on this path of sovereignty and source connection, then the shit still comes up because we're still human you know, how do people get through that to have the unity part? Great question. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I mean, you brought up trust that like stood out to me and what you were just sharing. And when we're relating with people that we can trust to have done um, a, you know, a certain amount of this internal work or that we trust that we can like point out to them like, Hey, here's a place where some of that might need to happen. Some of that internal work might need to happen. And that's a big part of it is just being selective about who we choose to get close to and build relationships with, um, and, and choosing to be with people who are willing, who are doing that work and who are willing to do it together, you know, or do it, um, as mirrors. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I'm feeling into the collective right now. And I want to say that I feel like what you are sharing right now is super rare. You know, it's, and, and I, so I'd love to hear more about your experience of rebuilding this or building this for yourself, you know, in this community, um, Asheville's got a lot of conscious people, you know, and, um, we're, we're very blessed with all of the, uh, potential community here in these mountains and, you know, the sacred remembering, uh, space has a community that that's for like a global community of women. And I say women waking up to the truth of who they are. And when that's happening and we're becoming sovereign, they don't always have a community, you know, in their immediate vicinity that, um, they can, they can meet with. And so that's what we do in the sacred remembering community. Like we're creating that the community where everyone is sovereign within it. And, um, so that's one way, but what are you um, experiencing in that? I guess what I would think is pretty unique, this opportunity here. 
Yeah, I do think it's emerging. You know, it's yeah. an emergent edge of consciousness to access this space. But I've like actively sought out communities where it's available. So, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I've had I've been on what I would call a spiritual path for a number of years, and so my interest in those areas is what has sort of led me into different communities. And um, oh, today we're going to talk about homeopathy and the woman who first taught me about homeopathy is uh, my teacher Wapio who whose school is called the Matrona and she she teaches birth work primarily and homeopathy was a module in the quantum midwifery program that I did with her 10 years ago the reason I'm bringing that up now is because a big part of the reason I chose to do that program was to act like access a new spiritual community of women mm. so you know, I've made choices like that and I've pursued interests that, you know, was like, I was learning skills and meeting people who were on a similar path or had similar interests to me. So I've been actively seeking out and cultivating relationships with people who um, have these capacities and maybe choosing to like dedicate themselves. Um, And that's just one example. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a local spiritual community here that this, this conversation is alive in. Um, I did a program where I learned uh, a system of understanding core energetics that we each carry. And Mm. that has been so illuminating for me. And I use that, I use that work with my clients and, and my community all the time. So like I've taught, um, multiple classes on that system to the people in my community. So we can be in that conversation and have a conversation about, you know, shadow from that perspective, because each of the core energetic types carries gift and shadow, or, um, as we would talk about it in homeopathy, um, exaltation and decline. So mm. can you say more about that? Yeah. What, uh, yeah. About exaltation and decline uh-huh. and sh- gift and shadow. So in any system, you know, of sort of differentiating who we are, understanding who we are there, you know, the gene keys is another one where there's shadow gift and city right in the Mm -hmm. same gene key. So there's like this spectrum of experience that's available. And that's true in the homeopathic constitutional types where, you know, in exaltation, this is this person you know, this being embodies certain qualities and characteristics, which are identifiable as that constitutional type, but doesn't mean they need the remedy. And then as they get stressed out or overtired or trauma happens in their life and they start going into decline, then they exhibit like a a pattern of symptoms. And if they're, if they're that constitutional type and they're exhibiting that pattern of symptoms, that remedy would likely bring them back into balance. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in the other system that I work in, like every, everything is gift and shadow. Like you're, you know, you've mentioned that I'm deeply embedded in community and I am, and that is like my nature. I am a networker. I'm connected. I like to be, I'm highly relational. I like to be with people. And the gift of that is that, you know, I have all of these rich connections and relationships. And the shadow of it is that sometimes if I'm not being mindful, like I can lose myself to that. Right. So it's, it's one thing and it's gift and shadow. I love just normalizing that. I mean, I love that because I think that, yeah, there's so much just general pressure to get it right. Or, you know, to, to clean up the shadow completely kind of thing. And, and it's like, well, in any moment, there can be this expression of the exalted, the, the authentic, or, you know, we slip for whatever reason and, and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think what really works for me is when people understand their shadow tendencies and own it. And oh, then we can talk yeah, about it. Right. <laughs> like, oh, you're doing the thing. They're like, oh, I'm doing the thing. And then we're like, oh, okay. Like, how's yeah. that working? Like, do we want to keep doing that or not? Yeah. You know? Um right. And it works really well for me to like know where I can like slip out of integrity or slip out of exaltation. 
and make a correction and own it and just say like, oh yeah, I did that thing, that thing that I do sometimes. Whoops. Yeah. Okay. Here we're back. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is bringing out something deeply personal for me as I move through this in my life. And I'm studying human design right now, um, just personally, like not studying it as a modality, but really, um, for myself and, um, that, the, the experience like repeatedly throughout my life where if I slip up and I'm pretty much the first person to be like, Oh, slipped up. I'll evaluate my shadow. You know, (laughs) I really do that. Um, all the time. Um, yes, the slipping up and the, you know, (laughs) personal reflection, but I'll be the first to do that. But then when relationships end or there's a feeling of rejection, at that point, like, even though you're willing to do that, that has been such a point of pain in my life. Like the, you know, the breakdown of community because of the, of the like imperfection, but it's like, well, we're all imperfect. So I really try to, you know, speak about that on this podcast and, and just anytime I get the chance, I'm like, oh, totally imperfect. And, you know, it's like the heart and the intention that count. So I love how you're, you're painting, like going back to the beginning here, kind of painting the um, sovereign unity as this intention of like, there, there's going to be the human slip-ups, and there's a commitment to being in community so that new things can happen, that synchronicity and that, that blossoming. It's like, we have to get through the breakdown, right? This is separation or like talking separation or unity. And we've got to get, get through the breakdown so that we can get to the expression of what wants to happen when we're back in synergy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, um, I want to speak to one thing that you were just sharing about that. It feels like, you know, you were talking about the pain of when, like it breaks down and then the separation happens. And it's just true that some people are more up for this game than others. You know, some people are more willing, some people are more into it and more interested. Um, and it feels like there's this like growing edge in community building that is around like calling people in. Yeah. Rather than calling people out, like, well, you're here and we want you to be here. And if you want to be here, like, how can we like really bring, you know, have it feel safe enough to be vulnerable enough to look at this thing that might need to be looked at if integration is going to happen, if harmony is going to be possible to arise. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I would love to name uh, for listeners that, so you and I had maybe known of one another, but this uh, summer, I guess we were both at an in-person event where I was kind of new to the community, but knew um, like a woman had invited me in and we spent uh, a weekend at a, like a sovereign Skillshare um, community event. And there was conversation about this and inviting people in. So, you know, having communities so that when there's conflict, you know, there, there's a place to go. There's like even a council. So I would love to, um, hear you speak about the harmony council that you did. I don't know if it's still in effect or not, but such, such good medicine. Yeah. So a few years ago, a group of women uh, got together. I was one of them. And we were like recognizing this need and created, we did a thing for a while. And part of that was creating a set of agreements for when conflict arises and we want to come into a Harmony Council experience to resolve or integrate that conflict. Um, here are the agreements that we will abide by. And that sort of created a contain, like a consciousness container for us to work within. We also did other things like um, host events where we practiced, you know, relational practices or harmonizing practices. We, um, we took, we had someone come in and teach some radical honesty for a while, which was really useful. Most everyone had had some NVC 
experience. So we it's were just nonviolent like, communication yeah, for non- anybody non-violent. who doesn't know that. Yeah. Thank you. Nonviolent <laughs> yeah. communication. And um, so we were just like trying stuff on, you know, mm-hmm. and how, what happens when we do this and how does this go? And I mean, another thing that we discovered is that like people have affinity for each other or not, you know, and that yeah. is a bit, it's like, you can't make a square peg fit in a round hole. And, and so that's been really interesting too, to like, just learn where affinity lies and who, who naturally is drawn to work on projects with who. Yeah. And that's the sovereignty piece. Like, you know, who is authentically showing up to this, who really wants to work on relations, you know, in, in dyads or in community. Yeah. 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 Oh, I want, I want more of it. Like I, <laughs> I want for the world uh, to, so that we have more of that. I really do. Um, so let's, let's move into homeopathy and this is the sacred remembering podcast and sacred remembering is about waking up to the truth of who we are and being on our journey and, you know, the soul leading us, you know, along that journey. And so I would love to uh, hear any thing you want to share around your journey that brought you to homeopathy and this, you know, theme of, of being the medicine woman or a medicine woman, you know, in community, because that's really, I think what, what's happening, like there's a service component of what you're doing, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it feels like it's, that it's time for the return of the village medicine woman. And there are a lot of amazing healers in this town. Um, I want to honor that. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I've been on this path for my whole life. I studied herbalism first, and that was started over 20 years ago. And um, then I studied yoga and energy healing. And I've been practicing energy healing for more than the last 10 years. And, um, and I've been practicing ceremonial medicine work for the past like four years and the homeopathy piece, again, just to shout out to Wapio and the Matrona, like I took her, her quantum midwifery program 10 years ago, which I don't do birth work, but really, really informs the the other work that I do, Mm -hmm. um, the principles of quantum midwifery, you know, and homeopathy pinged me hard back then. And it's a whole thing. It's like a lifetime of study homeopathy. So, and I had a lot of other things going on. I was still studying herbs and, um, and energy healing. And I, so I I bookmarked, okay, if you ever have the chance to study homeopathy with Wapio again, you better take it. And so 10 years later, she offered this, this program for the first time. And it was like, so such a strong, I was like, I have, you know, a very strong pull. And so that's, you know, it's like, I trust the medicine of life to bring me what and who I need (laughs) when it's time. And it really feels like it's time because, um, the, the sort of process that the pandemic alighted in so many of us, um, is unfolding. And, it's, it feels really important to me to have health sovereignty and health freedom and to be able to tend to my own well-being and my community um, with natural remedies. And homeopathy is amazing. Um, I'll, I'll get into talking about the specifics of how it works, but it just feels like, it feels like it's time for outer sovereignty. So, you know, we've been doing this inner sovereignty work for years and I feel like that's a really important foundation. And also like things are changing in the world and, um, I want to be able to take care of my people and, Mm. um, and just have a healthy and vital life. Yeah. Let's dive into the I guess, definition for anyone listening who these words of like inner and outer sovereignty might be new to them. Like, let's just be pretty explicit about that. 
if you would. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. So we've been talking a lot about inner sovereignty. It's this like, you know, the integration of the shadow, the integration of the lineage healing work that you mentioned, learning how to manage our energy, understanding who like who we are and how we go and what throws us off and how to bring ourselves back to center. Um and what I, I'm sorry, I'm going to like add something there. I also say, you know, that your energy is your own, you know, like that you don't have to be constantly giving your energy away in a leaky way to outside sources that you don't want to be giving it to. So we build from the center and we build from that source connection. Yeah. Practicing discernment and feeding the, um, the toroidal field, the, yeah. the energy body that we each have and and really building its power. That's so much a part of what opens up the capacity for the union that's available with sovereign unity. It's like when each individual unit is like supercharged with their own juice and their own connection, that's when things really start popping off. Yeah. Yeah. And then the outer sovereignty. Yeah. So this is kind of new territory for me. There's like a whole constellation of outer sovereignty information that has come forward really over the last, like it started revealing itself to me, I think a couple of years ago, year and a half ago, but really over the last six months, like things have come very front and center. Mm. Um, so leaning into, um, homeopathy for health sovereignty and health freedom, and then learning about, um, a structure called a private membership association, which I've created a PMA is another thing that they're called. Mm-hmm. for private membership association. And it's, it's a, it's an organizational structure that takes activities out of the public and into the private. So this mm-hmm. is cre- just creating what I would call outer sovereignty. So rather than serving the public with my village medicine woman gifts, um, I have a private agreement with the people that come to work with me. And that just creates a layer of protection for all of us. Right. Because it's Um, not like you're not filing with the IRS. Well, I'm not filing with anyone. I'm not filing with like the, the, you know, I'm not, I don't have a business license. It's just a Mm -hmm. private agreement between me, a woman, Natalie Rose Martin, and you, a woman, Sarah Poet. That's Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. We're both choosing to enter into this agreement. It's nobody else's business, what we're doing. um, But we agree. And so Um, so I've created that structure and it's, um, it's a, it's a paper. It's a legal structure, right? Like it, yeah, it, it, well, it's kind of, it is, it's a, I guess it's a legal protection, but really what it's doing is taking us out of legal territory and into common law. So that's, so that's, that's another piece of this, um, constellation of outer sovereignty is understanding the difference between common law and legal and okay. which clearly I don't there's <laughs> a I whole that's yeah. a whole yeah. episode if you want to yeah. talk about that cool. sometime it's really kind of mind-blowing just to understand what um what jurisdiction the government has placed us in and how we can put ourselves in the jurisdiction that we want to be in. Love it. Yeah. So this mm-hmm. is a tool for that. So the PMA yeah. structure is a tool for that. So I'm just taking myself out. I don't serve the public. I have private agreements with individuals that I work with and we do what we've agreed to do. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a piece. And then um, another piece of outer sovereignty that has my attention is the, the concept and actuality of assemblies, which, um, is starting to happen in Buncombe County at the County level, it's called a committee of safety, but this is a, a lost branch of government that's getting revived. That is literally of the people by the people for the people. It is super grassroots and, um, really exciting. So that, Mm -hmm. so that's happening. So there's just this whole constellation of, of learning about, what I'm calling outer sovereignty. Yeah. People just standing up for like personal rights and community rights. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. So, okay. So inner and outer sovereignty, and then let's go back to homeopathy because I know that there's a lot there that, um, that we want to speak to in this episode. And, 
Um, yeah, I heard you speak about homeopathy at this event that we were at and you were doing an educational session on it and I was listening and I had, you know, those intuitive soul pings like, Oh, I think I need that one. And I think I need that one. And, um, you know, didn't, didn't really understand homeopathy pretty much at all beyond like you could pick up the remedies in the health food store in the little blue vials, you know, and I know about like Arnica <laughs> as like a basis, right. For pain. And, um, beyond that, I, I didn't really know. So, um, maybe, you know, speaking to like the scope of what you can actually treat with homeopathy and, um, yeah, anything you want to bring up about that. Great. Thanks. Yeah. I'm excited about this medicine. It's, um, I feel like Wapio calls it the medicine of the future. I feel like it could be the medicine mm. of the people. It's the medicine yeah. of the people. It's like yeah. so simple. It's accessibility is a question, <laughs> but uh. it's def it is, it's accessible. If it's, if the remedies are around, it's accessible, it's affordable. Um, the reason I say that is because it's been challenging to get kits um, hmm. and kit means like the whole I'll like show a, yeah a for the kit. folks who are on the video I'll show you one of my kits so this is mm -hmm. a kit that has a hundred remedies in it okay um and they're in these tiny vials uh-huh and they have tiny pellets in them so this is so much medicine right here really support a lot of people with all, yeah. all of that so um I really do think it's a great idea for folks who are interested in using it to have a kit and they are available. There are especially like some 36 remedy kits that are available. These hundred remedy kits are less available, but just having like a basic first aid and acute remedy kit on hand is a great idea. And if, you know, if you can find someone in your community who's working with homeopathy um, and they have remedies, then that's a great idea. Get connected. And I certainly invite people in the Asheville area to get connected with me and even people who aren't here, um, I can do consults with mm -hmm. via video call, but, um, I wouldn't probably send the remedies. I would just have people order them unless mm -hmm. there was something that was hard to find. Um, so, okay. So the way it works is it's by it's vibrational medicine and, it's like the vibration of a substance has been stored in these pellets and it meets the vibration of the pattern that it matches in a being. And the way I understand it is, is it sort of like can't cancels each other out. Like the vibration is similar and it goes, um, Hmm. Yeah. No. And then it just like takes a layer off. Yeah. The whole practice is rooted in the perception that the, the vital force animates the body and that the body is like a self-healing system fueled by this vital source. And the, the homeopathy can just take things out of the way so the vital force can do its thing in the body. That's so amazing. I, I really appreciate it hearing you say that, you know, in person that day, and then here again now, um, I think that that's, it's just going to click for so many people hearing that piece about matching the frequency, because I mean, we could contrast with the modern healthcare system if we wanted to around like suppressing symptoms, or, I mean, you can speak to this better than I can, but it's not, um, meeting it's like a fighting system. Yeah. Well, allopathy means to treat something with its opposite. So if you have a fever, you get in an ice bath. Homeopathy, if there's a fever, then you give a fever remedy that holds that frequency of the fever and it like helps the fever do its thing and burns off the thing yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm wondering if, um, would it be helpful or, or interesting to share the story of like what was coming up for me that weekend? And because it was, it was like, two distinct, um, emotional frequencies. And you kind of caught that because I was like, Hey, Natalie over breakfast, you know, can we discuss what you said yesterday? <laughs> and, um, so there was like an acute, um, kind of 
bigger fear or we could say trauma that happened in February, but that linked back to like, you know, bigger things from, you know, childhood. And so there was a, a thing that was getting re-triggered this February, like 2022. And then after that, there was like this smaller sort of um, recurring emotional trauma that I kind of like couldn't, you know, get on top of or couldn't be like I was doing EMDR. I was, I mean, I'm always showing up to like do whatever I can to kind of figure it out. Right. And, and I just <laughs> kind of knew, like when I heard you talking about this, I was like, oh, the, these you know, I didn't know that at the time that it was like two different things, but, um, but yeah, could you speak to like meeting the emotional trauma, even, you know, months after the fact, or like, you know, meeting that frequency even months after. Yeah. So one of the really cool things about homeopathy is that it works really well for situations that, um, like, you had, you had like an emotional trauma that happened. Um, and giving the remedy for that, which is aconite. I mean, everyone should just know if you have an emotional shock, aconite is the remedy to take, and it just takes the layer of emotional shock off. So you'd been holding that shock in your system for about six months by the time we talked about it. Right. But so homeopathy, you can take the remedy that you needed back then when the things started, that's often the first remedy you would take. So you take that layer off Yeah. and then I could just feel what was underneath that was the next remedy that yeah. you worked with. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, you, I, or anyone could only see the first layer and then would need to like have that remedy do its piece before the next layer would reveal. But for whatever reason, I could just feel both layers. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that works, it works, yes, for emotional situations, but also like if you've never been well since a viral illness, there are remedies mm. that go, it's like you take the remedy that you needed when you had the flu or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and that can take that layer off and like let the vital force loose to like you know, bring your system back into vitality. Huh, awesome. And I'm That's sure there are a lot of people who are struggling with side effects from a certain virus right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great to know. Yeah. So it is, if, if people have kits, that's wonderful or can, you know, the blue tubes that you mentioned at the health yeah. food store, um, you could make yourself a basic kit from those to just have some like first aid and acute remedies on hand. Um, but they, so they kind of span simple from simple and universal. And I'll use Apis as an example for this, which is the homeopathic of the honeybee sting. Mm. Apis is the Latin name for bees. And it is the simple and universal remedy for bee stings and really stings of all kinds. So that's going to be the number one sting remedy. It's going to work for most people and it works for anything that looks like a bee sting, swollen, red, stinging, itchy, sore, hot. Um, so that's like a simple universal remedy. It's like it's red and swollen and it's from an insect sting, take apis. It'll probably, there are other sting remedies too, but that's the number one that you would try and it will likely knock it out. Mm. And that in high potencies can be used instead of an EpiPen. Mm. Wow. Mm -hmm. For people who are like really allergic. Yeah. So um, it's just a good one to know about. And, and so that's simple and universal. It's like, everybody knows what that looks like. It works for most people. And then it spans all the way into complex and specific. So there could be like a really complex picture of symptomatology and um, the original cause and the sort of like mental emotional picture. And so that's really complex and really specific. And there are remedy pictures that meet those pictures. So um, the reason it's useful to work with a homeopath or a homeopathic consultant is because there's just so much information and being able to talk with someone about that constellation of symptoms and have them be like, oh, I think I know the remedy for you and then take it yeah. and then clear up 
like the whole thing or 80% of it with one remedy is like, it's freaking miracle. It's like amazing. Homeopathy is amazing. It is amazing. And I'm so, I'm so glad that more people are going to have this information as a result of this conversation, because it's like, you know, we've tried a couple of those blue vials from the health food store with just like the given uh, description on the case kind of thing. And, and there's just, uh, there's so much more um, to it. And I love what you just said about like complexities and, you know, it, it's not often just <laughs> like one thing. Again, we could contrast with the modern medical system where it's like, okay, we're going to just treat this one thing, this one symptom, you know? So, so having this like, mm, yeah, multifaceted, uh, very skilled woman <laughs> to be like, well, I think there's this emotional component and then there's this physical component and, you know, various uh, complexities, layers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot to it. Um, I'll just talk about a few more ways that it can be used. Please. Mm-hmm. So, so we can use it in emergency first aid acute situations. So there's like anything from a bee sting to you mentioned Arnica. Any type, anytime there's like a traumatic physical injury, if there's an emotional shock, take the aconite. If there's a traumatic physical injury, then after the aconite, then take the Arnica. Yeah. And that will often, you know, take away or it will like supports what Arnica actually does is supports the body to deal with blood. So, Mm. um, it really is good for bruising and it's, it's actually often used after heart attack and stroke, there are like acute remedies for those situations, Mm -hmm. but like afterwards the Arnica will help the body like reabsorb the blood that was out of place through those Mm -hmm. traumatic incidents in the body. Um, and then there's acutes, which includes things like, um, fevers and viruses and, um, you know, injuries, whatever that, that whole, so from every, from emergency first aid into acutes, and then periodic diseases, which includes like PMS, seasonal allergies, um, migraines, that that type of thing that like comes and goes, you know. Yeah. And then the that like complex picture can encompass weird mystery symptoms. Like people will have can have like a constellation of kind of like nebulous, like weird, like it doesn't really make sense, mystery symptoms. And if you would go to the conventional doctor, they'd be like, there's nothing wrong with you, or, you know, here's an anti-inflammatory or whatever. And, and that's, and that's it. Um, so that, that area holds a lot of interest for me to be able to really support people that can't, you know, receive the support that they need from the can't get an answer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh And that applies too to the structural issues. So homeopathy is actually great for structural issues. Um, everything from pelvic prolapse to slipped Mm. discs to like muscle tension and that won't give up in the upper back and, um, that, I mean, the, you know, if you, if you have a slip disc, you go to the doctor and they're like, well, you have to have surgery. Yeah. That's it. Um, or, and pelvic prolapse is a big one. I know a lot yeah. of women have this and like the, the, the solutions offered are a pessary where you like stick a thing in there to push the pelvic floor back up. No, thanks. Or have surgery, which like often just creates scar, scar tissue and makes Ugh. the situation worse yeah. long-term. And there are remedies that will like literally move the organs around and strengthen the tissues and support the system to come back into structural alignment. It's amazing. It's so amazing. You just told me about one a a few days ago, because I was saying that like, I've been doing this kind of head cranial brain balancing, you know, restructuring for pretty much like three, four months now and um, really focusing on like all of this alignment in my, in my head. And you told me about uh, a support for the, the cranium and like the, the softening of, I don't know, whatever's going on up there and it's in the mail and I cannot wait. Oh, good. good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've been working on this like diligently. So it was like perfect synchronistic timing. 
Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. that remedy that I told you about that loosen, it loosens the bony structures of the head and allows the sphenoid bone, which is the floor of the ventricle where the, the pituitary gland is suspended yeah. in the center of the head, like allows all of the bony structures to loosen and the sphenoid to, to come back into like, it's supposed to rock on the cerebrospinal fluid as it pulses through the central nervous system. And it, it, it can get stuck um, from trauma, I think probably from like emotional trauma or from physical trauma. Yeah. And it just allows all of that to like, like loosen and come back into aligned flow, which totally affects, especially the pelvis, but the whole yeah structural system. So, okay. So that remedy is, and I'm glad this came up because I want to talk about this. That remedy is a set of new remedies. So mm-hmm. I'll just say, I'll give a quick history. Homeopathy as it's practiced today is about 200 years old. Mm. And most of the remedies that we use have been being used for most of that time and, you know, been thoroughly documented in the nineties, some homeopaths in England got together and started doing meditative proving meditative provings on new remedies. So there's this collection of new remedies that are, um, they're like more kind of geared towards supporting activate awakening and activating our highest gifts so rather than like curing you know smallpox which sometimes homeopathy can do yeah (laughs) or like Uh how do we become like more embodied essence and like (laughs) yeah give our gifts in this world you know how do we become more radiant and vital so that we can do what we're here to do Absolutely. I cannot tell you how thrilled I am that, that like our conversation crossed that path the other day, because I've been aware of this tension in my head for about two years and kind of like working on it, doing Kundalini. And this summer I did uh, about 12 weeks of this, um, mouth of source meditation. So it's like this, you know, structure in the, in the head, um, called the golden triangle, I believe that is like your 11th dimensional gateway to source. And so I've been, you know, really like doing this and I was like, oh man, it didn't quite all get it. Like it's not quite all balanced. And then in comes this conversation. I'm like, yes. So excited. Yeah. Good. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's that little bit of tension that like, you know, I can feel that the things want to flow and yeah, it's going to be perfect. I'm excited to hear how that unfolds for you. Yes. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to be so freaking happy and like smiling all around town because it's been like the thing, you know, that's just been so present for me. So I cannot wait. <laughs> Sweet release. Yes. Cool. Um, yeah, so that, so just a few more ways that homeopathy can be used. Um, if you do end up needing to have surgery, if there's unavoidable surgery that has to happen, homeopathy is excellent support for surgery. There are remedies that are specific for cuts with a knife and healing those. There are remedies that, um, and Arnica is another one that's often used after surgery to help the body, like resolve the misplaced blood that that happens from surgery and bruising. And, um, yeah, so really wonderful support for that. Um, it can be really helpful for hormonal and emotional balance. And then this Mm. whole arena of the psycho-spiritual realms, which we just touched into and, um, and often in that complex picture, like all of those levels or multiple of those levels are being hit. Um, so there might be like a cyclical thing. And then there's a chronic thing. That's like this weird ever present kind of like, what is that? Where's that coming from? Why is that there? I've tried all the things. It's not, you know, I can't deal with it. And then the, like the, the root is some like emotional wounding from childhood. And yeah. when you take all those layers off, then you're more connected to yourself and more able to be the embodied, vibrant, vital essence that we're here to be. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. 
Yeah. Say, you know, anything more about homeopathy. And I, I just am kind of like giving you the mic because I don't even know what questions to really ask about homeopathy because it's so new to me. Um, but I also would love to circle back around to your PMA village medicine PMA and talk about how you are structuring your sessions with Mm -hmm. people, because I know after everything you just said, people are going to be like, how do I work with this woman? (laughs) How does she help me solve my mystery illness? Cool. Well, so I'll just say, I'll just say one little piece about um, potency with homeopathy is is this kind of um, mystery for the lay person, what potency to take. And so I'll just say quickly, um, that if there's something that is very physical and specific, you would want to take a low potency and maybe take it over time. If there's something that's acute and really intense, um, you could take a higher potency and just take it once. Um, and, and then there's, there's like a whole lot more in there, the art of, of working with the potencies, but just as a kind of baseline, just so people have a sense, like if you just want to try a remedy and see if it's the one for you for a thing, uh, like a 30 C is a fine place to start. And that's usually what's available on the shelf at the store. Mm -hmm. A six C is more for like a very specific, very physical thing that you would take the six C over time. And then like, if there, if somebody say fell and had, um, a physical injury or trauma and depending on the severity of it, you could try the 30 C or you could just give a 200 C, but probably you would only take the 200 once or maybe twice. Um, so that's kind of how it works. It's like the lower the potency, the more times you take it, the higher the potency, the more sure you want to be, it's the right remedy, the more intense the situation. Um, and, and like I said, there's a lot more to it, but that's a good place to start. And just so people have a sense of what they're, what they're working with. The 30 C is usually a fine place to start. Yeah. That's super helpful. Yeah. And then, so, yeah. So village medicine is the name of my PMA. I'm so excited about it. And, um, I did find out, well, I probably had heard of PMAs before, but they came front and center to my consciousness this summer as I was graduating from the homeopathy immersion and was like, oh, well, clearly this is what I need to do. And so I decided to use that structure to create a container for all of my offerings. So um, the work that I've been doing is included in there. And then um, this new offering of homeopathy consultations is also um, outlined in the PMA document. So the way it's set up is there's a a one-time initiation, non-refundable membership fee, it's $20. So I'm making it super accessible. I really want this medicine to be available to people. Um, I want people to feel like they have access to care. Um, So it's $20 to initiate a membership. And then there's a package for first timers. It's three sessions, it's 80 bucks. So it's $100 to get in and get care. And one of those sessions will be a little longer and we'll do like a time spiral, um, like history intake. And two of the sessions are shorter and they're, you know, depending on what the situation is, they could happen in any order. But so those first three includes a longer one. So we can really get to know each other because I mentioned earlier, I'm highly relational and I track patterns and this medicine is like a pattern medicine. Yeah. So the more interaction we have, the better I'll be able to support you basically the more, you know, the more I'll see and the more we can kind of uncover together. So So, that's why three. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why three to start. Um, so if somebody has like an acute thing going on and they just need, you know, a quick consult, we can do that and get that handled. And then maybe their next one, they would Mm -hmm. come and have the time spiral where we'd get to know each other better and, um, create that foundational relationship and, and, um, picture for me to work with so that going forward, um, when you would have a follow-up, um, I have that, you know, that information already going. So once we've created the relationship, then you have something come up 
then you just get an um, ongoing care session and the ongoing care sessions are 30 bucks. Yeah. Um, so it's just super accessible. Super accessible. I'm so happy to be offering this, this medicine to my people. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Your heart is very clear in the, in the why and in the offering. I I do also want to say, because I I forgot to say it at the beginning, um, (laughs) perhaps, you know, in my judgment, one of the most sovereign things that you do is that you don't use social media, which I celebrate so much. I totally left Facebook today. Oh. Ah, it's like, oh. it was amazing. Um, so I'm like one less, you know, <laughs> or one count more sovereign. I don't know. Um, so uh, it's email, correct? That people yeah. would, would contact you cosmic portal at protonmail.com. And I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, that's great. And, and, and anyone who's interested in anything that we talked about today can reach me through that email cosmic portal at protonmail. And yeah, I'm happy to serve. Just reach out directly and have a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how we do, <laughs> That's how we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful. Natalie, is there anything we left out today that is on your heart to share? Um, I'm, I'm grateful that you're in my village. Oh, I'm so grateful that you're in my yeah. village. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, feels good. Or, or this village, mm-hmm. <laughs> the growing village. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Natalie. Yeah, Thanks thank for you. coming on the Sacred Remembering show. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. We love to hear from you and your reviews help and they matter. Remember, you are not alone on this sacred remembering path and women are rising now and we're doing it together. You can join the sacred remembering community at sarahpoet.com and also visit there for more tools and inspiration and also to book work with me privately. Here's to your sacred remembering path. Much love and we'll talk to you next time.